What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast. I'm Ronan Gain. Joining me as always, Christian Nambu. This week, we are discussing the playoff picture, one of the most hardly contested uh, playoff races in a long while. We're going to be discussing the playing in the West, the playing in the East, some potential matchups heading towards the playoffs. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Rookie of the Year race and uh, maybe just highlight a few of the outsiders, even though we know who uh, who the winner is going to be. So. We'll get right into it. Chris, you ready to talk some NBA ball? Let's do it. I mean, you said it. This playoff um, picture is complicated. It changes every day. I'd hate to be the person who has to report on it because I swear it's changing like every 24 hours. So let's jump right into the East. Yes, the Eastern Conference is a it's a, a little bit of a smaller uh, window for, for teams. I mean, you're looking at the Bulls, the Raptors, and the Hawks, and the Nets are currently the teams that are in the play-in. I know the Pacers and the Wizards are, are, are just a, a game and a half, two games back, but I think the two of them are, are, are done. I think it's a it's a battle between the Hawks, Raptors, and Bulls just to see what, what position they end up finishing because there's a game and a half between between all of them. Let's start with your Bulls. What what, what are you thinking now as we get towards this uh, last, last week or two of the regular season? Yeah, I, I'd say start and finish there cuz i i mean you just look at the rest of the east i think everything's pretty obvious bucks are staying up there celtics are staying up there um i, I don't i don't know i want to make a quick note on jalen brown uh before we get to the bulls like it, I'm, it's interesting to see these comments come out right for the playoffs I, I don't think that there's any concern about the celtics going into the postseason but you know just some obviously a little bit of potential drama there before needing to focus up but from a on court perspective the celtics are fine 76ers, we mentioned maybe Harden's not fully healthy, um, but Embiid's top of his game. Cavs, Knicks, and the Heat make doing their classic post All Star break. Like everything's lining up exactly how you kind of assume, um, except for uh, well, we assumed the Nets would be this good, right? I think I think we did a good job of that. They've they've continued to to be solid enough to be in the play in. Um, it comes all the way down to the bottom of the barrel uh, for the Bulls. And the Raptors and the Pacers. I think the Raptors are clearly up there. They've they've already won the uh, the tiebreaker with the Bulls. I believe they also own it against the Pacers, so they're there. So it honestly just comes down to you know if we're thinking about who's going to make it in, it's probably going to be the Bulls. But at the beginning of the season, I, I know my answer. But do, would you have preferred to see the Pacers in the playoffs? Because you asked me, I'm going to give my biased answer. I'm curious for you because watching these two teams, it's it's hard for me as an objective NBA fan to not be excited with what the Pacers have done, maybe not consistently given their young team, but what they've done throughout periods of time in this season, how exciting Halliburton's looked, how explosive uh, Benedict Matherin has looked, how locked in Miles Turner has looked uh, being the focal big on this team. Like that, I mean, would you prefer to see the Pacers competing in a playoff scenario? Yeah. Probably, yeah. At the same time, I still think there it's still an element of I never thought they'd be this close going into this year. Mm. So it's kind of hard to say from the start of the year what I thought. But watching them throughout the year and watching the growth of Halliburton, it would have been really interesting to gauge this team, even in a playoff uh, playing situation where it's a, it's a win all. You go, you're playing that one game to 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 battle and stay in it. So I think I, I would have liked to see that. But at the same time, you have to admire what what the Bulls have been able to do. Obviously, there's been off-court problems with, with Lonzo Ball. He's been out the whole year. That's going to continue. Levine has, has stepped up after having a period of, of struggling. DeRozan is getting back to to seeing it more consistently from DeRozan like we did last year when he was an MVP candidate for large periods of the year. So, I mean, the Bulls have put in the work and they've got themselves into this position. So you, you can't argue that they don't deserve it, the, the place that they're in. I want to say we're now nine and five after splitting with uh, the 76ers after acquiring Pat Bev, who is no Lonzo Ball. Uh, Lonzo Ball all year long has has been the missing piece of this team, the the, the connecting piece, the defensive maestro, the, the offensive playmaker that we need to keep everything in order. That, that's been missing. And while Pat Bev isn't offensively that, I think defensively he replaces a lot of that in his intensity. And I think that's that's been meaningful too, and and that's why I feel like you know I, I still have some hope. <laughs> so maybe I, I think if we're if we're 
framing this discussion as like who deserves it that's gonna be a little more meaningful in the west where it's like there's there's so little to to you know compare these teams against each other because a lot of them have just they're separated by one or two games and it's just little things here and there that have that are just gonna come down to fate but the bulls have just been so inconsistent all year long that you know maybe this is just the moment they catch a stride you have two score I mean, i've always preached this that when you have DeRozan, when you have Levine, if they are locked in together, you have two guys who can go toe-to-toe with any scoring duo in the league, with any team in the league. You have a big in Vooch who's been good enough, I think, to be I mean, the third guy at times. I think he slowed down a little bit the second half of the season, but um, I believe in him from an offensive standpoint. And then you have the the defense. That's been the surprising thing for me. I don't know how Billy Donovan has managed to make a good defense out of a big three and Levine, DeRozan, and Vooch. But he has a top five defense. He has a top five defense in the league. They thanks to Caruso, thanks to um, the guard rotation, Iota Sumu, Kobe White doing better. I I think there's there's something real there where the defense will able to keep them afloat. But it's just the consistency. Does the playoffs bring that out of them? And if it does. If the playoffs, if that is a scenario where they can find a way to to find consistency, then maybe there maybe there's something there. Um, I'm just a little bit worried about the the matchups because I, I don't I don't know how they're going to make it out of the first round if they end up matching up against Giannis. But I I think well we are going to make it. Maybe we deserve it uh, to face up against Giannis one more time. It's going to be it's going to be tough. So you're thinking you you be confident enough? Or we're thinking that you're gonna have to maybe take down the Hawks and the the Nets. Do you think that's a likely a likely duo that you'll have to get by, or do you think you you guys can still get up to that to that eight seed and just have to take down likely likely looking like the Nets? I, I mean, I think they're staying right where they are. I think they're staying right where they are, especially with the Raptors' strength of schedule um, being a lot weaker. They, I, and I feel confident the Bulls can make it through. If if the Bulls are not going to to make it through the plan, then so be it. And then that's <laughs> that's that. But with with the way that they've been playing defense, um, and the the struggles that the Nets have gone through at times offensively, the struggles that the Hawks have gone through at times offensively, um, and and I think we there's a formula for playing against against the Raptors. It's just whether or not we can survive their their defensive onslaught. But I think the way that Levine's playing right now, the way that DeRozan's playing right now, that the offense is humming in a way that it hasn't in a while. So I have I have no I have no problem with the plan. Um question is how you just defend Giannis and that's a discussion for another day. You don't. That's uh, I think that's the the, the main answer there, unfortunately for for your Bulls, you still not no one in the league has an answer for Giannis, uh, let alone uh, let let alone the Bulls. But it's going to be interesting, and and like you think going into this year, maybe you can excuse the Nets from this because obviously they've traded away their their major pieces. But the Hawks, Raptors, and Bulls were all teams going into the year that we're going to expect to be playoff teams and not be battling just to remain in the plan, which is something that's a uh, Really interesting. Yeah. It shows it shows the quality around the league. There's a lot of really good teams, especially in the Eastern Conference. We talked about it before the East, kind of taking a little bit more control back o- over the West. The West has been the very dominant, uh, the very dominant conference for for a while, and I, I I'm very confident. I think that an Eastern Conference team is going to win the NBA championship this year because I think the 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 major competitors are coming out of the Eastern Conference. But we'll flip it over to. The West, the the play in there is just <laughs> the Western Conference is just chaotic. We got the Timberwolves, the Lakers, uh, the Pelicans, the Thunder, the Jazz, the Mavericks. All of them can still not only can they still get in the playoffs or the play in, they can still potentially get to a six seed or even a five seed, which is absolutely insane. <laughs> I don't. Do you think the the Warriors or the Suns will fall out of the uh, the five and six? I I don't think the Suns will. I, I think I'm pretty confident that the the top five I think is set in the uh, in the Western Conference. I think you could argue the six because the best the biggest thing for the Warriors is that 
of their seven games left. They've only got three on the road. That's been the big, a big issue for them all year, playing on the road. And those games are against the Thunder, the Pelicans, and the Timberwolves now. So they won't they won't be easy games. They're going up against three teams that are all trying to battle to get into the to playoffs, which will be tough. But you have to feel that the the fact that they got more of those home games, I think they'll be they'll they'll have the know how they've got Steph Curry there. I think they'll be they'll be okay, but it wouldn't be crazy to think that run the Lakers on LeBron can come back for the last couple of games. Timberwolves have just got cap back. If the the Warriors can slip up, I think one of those two teams could definitely uh, definitely take advantage. Yeah, it's possible. In my mind, uh, the way I see the playoff picture, I feel pretty confident in the T-Wolves. feel pretty confident in the Lakers at this point. The Lakers have been, I think, since their, their big trade. Um, and thanks to huge growth from Austin Reeves, who I, I think... I I have changed I've changed my view of him and to be fair to myself I think a lot of this has changed from his opportunity on ball without Russell Westbrook there um his ability to run the bench is I mean spectacular and his ability to be like I figure there's there's a, another day for an Austin Reeves segment but um while he's not a star player on that team that was absolutely the right decision to keep him because the Lakers are surging not just because of of getting D'Lo, getting uh, um, Jared Vanderbilt, getting a shooter and, and Beasley, but giving Reeves the opportunity to be a playmaker and to do what he does on ball and to be an efficient scorer. Like he's filled a lot of things that the Lakers might have actually had there all along, just didn't give him the opportunity to do. And with LeBron coming back healthy, AD looking fine, like they're, they're, they're a team I'm very confident in at this point. Um, it comes down to me for Timberwolves. The... In, in, issue with the Timberwolves, their next four games, I believe they're all on the road. The Warriors, the Kings, the Suns, and the Lakers. That's a tough. That's a tough stretch there. In that's a gauntlet. That's a gauntlet. Um, that that's going to be interesting to see how you know you're throwing Cat in right now. You want to get his feet wet. Um, their issues at the beginning of the season was was all really because of throwing two big two big men out there at the same time. And how they dealt with that defensively. Um, that'll be huge, Jess. Um, we'll see how that how that gets resolved. It's not gonna get resolved in four games. Uh hopefully it doesn't get worse over four games. I, I think they'll make it out of a play-in. Um, but my, my question to you, uh, we can make an argument for all these teams. And then you kind of look like there's this end of the tier here where you have the Pels, you have OKC, and it's insane to me that we're talking about the maps. Yeah. And I, I, I could talk all day about how, like, you know, Zion's going to come back healthy. It's going to be exciting. Brandon Ingram just had his first triple-double in, like, forever. I, I don't even know. I don't think he's had a triple-double, a 30-point triple-double before. Um, and look at his game and how that's evolved, how much better he's become as an off-ball player, how, you know, I mean, the, the Pels are making a late-season push. There's just, like, there's there's a there's a spirit to those teams that makes sense that these are teams that really are gearing up for the playoffs they're getting ready they're getting ready to compete and and we saw with the suns and the pals last year like the, the pelicans made a valiant effort like that was that was a series that wasn't the suns just like blowing through that team whatever like they had to fight for that and those are teams you want to see at the bottom but like to you know you expect that cinderella story maybe, maybe that's shea coming to his own maybe that's the pals like coming back in and and making noise in the playoffs and making an upset i don't i don't have that feeling with the Mavs right now. And that looking at this playoff picture, I think that that's what struck me the most is just thinking about where Luca is right now uh, mentally. Um, obviously, you hope nothing serious is going on in his personal life, like um, just his comments he's been making in the media, um, where they're at as a team on the floor defensively, like what they not just look like from a statistical standpoint, from a X's and O's standpoint, just like the spirit of competition just isn't there to the level that you'd expect for a team that almost reached the pinnacle last year. And that, that makes me feel like they don't, if we're talking about deserve to be in crazy for me to say this, but it doesn't look like Lucas maps deserve to be in the playoffs right now, even if they make it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. At the moment it's looking like the trade for Kyrie was just a, was a mistake. They've, both Kyrie and Luca have been injured during this time, but the team's record as a whole is eight and twelve since uh, since Kyrie was acquired from the Nets. Pretty sure they still have a losing record even with Kyrie and Luca playing together. 
They're on a run currently of three and seven. They're in the worst form of any of the teams uh, looking to compete for that playing uh, position. And you look at it and think it's been a really disappointing uh, year as, as much as Luca has, has thrived in periods. The, you haven't seen enough of, of the growth yet. Like I, I thought when him and Kyrie came together, even if the team wasn't going to be great, the two of them were going to be good enough to 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 deliver wins. And they, they haven't been able to do it as much as you would have liked. I mean, losing to the Hornets last night at home, that's just... That's pretty unforgivable. What? How can a team under the pressure with the talent they have under the pressure to try and get into playoffs lose a game like that on their own floor? That's that's really shocking. And that's again when you look at everything that's going on with the Mavs. Everyone talks obviously Kyrie is not going to stick around after this year. The only thing they might have said is if they went on a good playoff run. Looking like that's not going to happen, and it's looking like Kyrie's going to be gone one way or another. And then you think of how good of a coach is Jason Kidd. I don't want to question him too much because he did such a good job with them last year. But the questions have always been there. And then it just come, come, again comes back to the defense. They've had obviously key injuries this year that have, that have hurt them, but it doesn't uh, stand up to some of the other teams that they're competing with, not just in the entire NBA, but uh, specifically in the Western Conference. So I think you're absolutely right. that At this moment, they do not deserve to be in the playoffs. But I think they've got a decent shot. I think in their last uh, eight games, they've faced the Hornets, Pacers, Hawks, Bulls, and Spurs. They have to win all those games. The other three, they're on the road against the 76ers, the Heat, and the Kings, which would be tough, tough games. But you think Luke and Kyrie, as much as they haven't really clicked at all yet, you still think they've got enough talent to to win the odd game and win enough to, to make sure that they are at least in the, in the playing tournament. And then when you, if we're looking at like uh, Lakers and uh, LeBron and AD going up against Luca and Kyrie in the, in the playing tournament, I mean, that's just going to be, it's going to be a, f- a really fun watch. It, it It's going to be a fun watch. And I think the, the offense there matters, but I, th- I don't, I don't believe in the defense and I, I won't give Jason, I won't talk about, Jason Kidd's role in that at all because this is just comes down to roster construction like that like Dorian Finney-Smith was so much to this team and it's not about like one guy defensively but there, there's definitely like you lose you lose the guy who you're putting on usually the best player on the other team you're, you're losing that guy who's who's stepping up to the plate mm-hmm Reggie Bullock is like can't can't handle this all on his own. Josh Green has been a fine defender, but he's he's never been an elite defender the way that uh, Finney Smith has been. And they they just don't they don't have any answers on the perimeter. They don't have any answers uh, for shot blockers. Nothing inside. They can't they can't defend the post. They can't defend in uh, inside out game against a, a guy like Valanciunas. Even a guy like Nurkic would give them problems that they can't defend the pick and roll well without really good perimeter defenders. You just put Luca or Kyrie in there. There's there's no answers defensively for this team at all right now that they've shown. And it comes down to a fundamental standpoint of not just the personnel, but how they played out there. So maybe you put that on Kid. Maybe maybe Kid's not inspiring enough there. But it also comes down to Luca and how Luca's been just so disengaged defensively. When that guy has been that way for the past two years, that needs to change. And that's why I feel like I, I don't they they might make it in, maybe maybe that through through the luck of the regular season. But I'd much rather see OKC, I'd rather see the Pelicans, teams that you've seen, you know, have that spirit on both ends of the floor. And I think maybe that's a wake up call for Luca to to not make it into the playoffs. Does that change him? It, it clearly didn't change much after how last season ended, but maybe this is the wake up call that the Mavs needed the Pels or that the Mavs and Luca need to really make some serious changes on that end of the floor next year. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think that's definitely a good point. And what about the the final two teams, the Thunder and the Jazz? Uh, the Thunder have a team that are, are going to be the sneaky one because they've got a, a really nice <clears throat> next four games. They play Portland. Uh, Charlotte, Detroit, and Indiana. 
you think they they can win those four games? I mean, obviously they do also face the Suns, Warriors, the Jazz, and the Grizzlies, but they're always going to be competitive in those games. So they can go, they they can do a sweep of the 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 lesser teams that aren't really uh, competing, and then they can even get one win uh, out of the Suns, Warriors, Jazz, and Memphis. You think that's a really strong finish for them to the season, and you'd you'd have them yeah in the play, and then with, with the with a run like that, and I think we we'd love to see that. I think. OKC, you want to see them in the playoffs, at least in the playing. You want to see Shea in that moment. How does he stand up? This is not the OKC team that's a finished product yet by by any means, but like the Pelicans last year, like uh, other teams we've seen in the past, just that kind of Cinderella story, them getting to that moment first and just seeing what they look like, seeing what they look like. Do they just crumble? Does there's the Shea, the star that stepped up all year, does he... Does he fade away when the lights are shining brightest? You, you want to see what, how they hold up, and hopefully OKC. I, I, I'm I'm excited to see what sort of uh, finish they can make to the year, and then and then hopefully they will they'll be one of the two teams that are in in the plan. One of the yeah, four teams, and, sorry. Yeah, and it's gonna be like there's there's gonna be a big difference just from like a fan perspective, an objective fan perspective, like me watching Luca and Kyrie like lose a depressing like five game series maybe against the Nuggets or against the Grizzlies wherever they end up landing compared to a 5-1 or a a 4-1 series with OKC like the Thunder competing to like make their name heard in the league versus Luka and Kyrie competing in a series that is already over for a playoff push that never was those are two different, very different things. And the the spot that the Mavs should have been in, and what did we talk about this? Like three months ago, like Mavs should stay in the top four. Like that that has gone away. That that's that's gone. That that is dissolved so quickly. And they are they should be the biggest storyline of this season of how competitive it's been in the West and how the margins are so thin and the massive error of going all in on offense in a league where everyone's all in on offense is about how you can be as a two-way team like that like that's a tale as old as time I feel like in the ever since the explosion of the Warriors and teams just trying to seek out the most explosive offense and do everything on that end that that hasn't worked out for anybody and that's exactly what you see here so I'd, I'd rather see okay see I'd rather see Shea out there I'd rather see what what is what does Jalen Williams look like out there as well um and there's going to be I think there's going to be a chance that, you know, that that's, that's a team that that's a kind of guy, a guy like Shea, you know, he can make things happen. I don't, he's not going to beat the Nuggets. Does he beat the the Grizzlies? I mean, crazier things have happened. There's the NBA. Anything can happen. This is where stories are made and a story can be made in OKC, but the only story that's going to come out of the Mavs if they make it into the first round is just another year of disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. And then finally on the jazz, I just, Obviously, thirty-five and thirty-eight. They're they're playing under kind of the least pressure with the least expectation here, but they they definitely deserve a shout out. They obviously went into full yeah. rebuild mode uh, this year, but the fact that they're still in contention this late in the year to to make it into the playing tournament is is a testament to what those guys have done. And like a shout out to Larry Markin, and he has kept it up for the whole year, averaging twenty-six points a game, eight eight point six rebounds on 59, 40, 87 splits. Like that is outrageously good from uh, from him. And it's a it's a stepping stone. It's it's something that the Jazz can build around. When they got marketing, maybe they they believed that they could turn him into this guy. Maybe they knew he was a, a potential kind of piece to that they could have, and then find a new player through the draft. But maybe marketing is the guy that they can look to to attempt to build around now. He's he certainly put his name in the uh, in the pot for that, which is uh, which is a great bonus for the Jazz, and they're they're coming out looking really shiny off the moves that they've made. Surprisingly, I mean, you look at uh, look at Walker Kessler. I mean, uh, even just compared to Gobert, something as simple as I saw the stat yesterday, he has one hundred and fifty eight blocks. Gobert's got mm-hmm. eighty seven, mm-hmm. and nearly four hundred less minutes. Yeah, it's like that's insane. <laughs> I th- it was it was obvious from from his um college performance, how good of a shot blocker Walker Kessler is going to be. I think the question was how many minutes can he can he actually play out there? Like is he is he not mobile enough? And for him to be put out there with another big like like Markinen and for them to work things out seamlessly, 
like that's that goes beyond just shot blocking like he he was always gonna be a good shot blocker but he's been able to to work his way into an nba defensive system and look good look the part like he doesn't look like a, a rookie out there and mm -hmm. he's he's gonna he's gonna get some some if he keeps us up like i mean that there's there's gonna be some votes for him as a nba all nba defense for the over the next few years mm -hmm. but with i mean you can't be that prolific of a shot blocker in that role and not be at that level and they got that guy as a rookie gobert was not this good um as a rookie he couldn't get on the floor and obviously that was different scenario you know there's a lot more competition they were actually trying to do something but he he looks like he belongs and i, I think that's all the glowing praise you can give for the jazz and i i hope i hope they lose every single game for the rest of the season because they've shown what they needed to show they've shown that there's something there they're not just a a blank slate like there are pieces there so it would be exciting for them to like beef up their odds a little bit and see who they get um there there's there's some opportunity here if, if they if they get up there and they get in the top four they get someone special like they, they've got another exciting jazz team here next year yeah yeah for sure then uh finally on it, who who would we say who do you want slash who do you think deserves to we we'll say come out of the come out of the plane. What are the two teams you want to see coming uh, getting into the play and then coming out of it and and getting to the playoffs? From the West now. From the West. I and ultimately, you know, you you want to see the Lakers there. You really want to see the Lakers there, um, and and it comes down to I I think. You also want to see the Timberwolves there. I I know I talked about the the Pals and Thunder. Like I, I at least want to see them in the plan and have them have a chance over the Mavs. But when it comes down to overall talent, who's ready? Who's actually ready to like make a push? Um, Timberwolves, Timberwolves are are kind of like the Bulls in, in the same way where like there's been a lot of inconsistency inconsistency throughout the year. You know they can do it. You know that. You know how close they came. I mean that they they're plays away from from being in the same position that the Grizzlies were in last year, and that can't be forgotten. And to regain that could could take a whole year, or it could just take a single series. All it could take is a single series in the playoffs for them to change their fate and to to change a whole narrative this year. Um, I think their their problems run a little bit deeper than just one playoff series, but. You got to believe in them, given the talent they have. Anthony Edwards getting cat back, having Mike Conley on this team. Maybe he's the the play setter that they needed, and that's gonna figure things out. But the Lakers, like you said, Austin Reeves getting getting LeBron back, and Austin Reeves, I think, is just a he's a picture of what this team has evolved into over the season. Is is really relying on the other guys and people having to step up through um, uh, a lot of adversaries. Like everyone's been talking against the Lakers. Every team's out to to get this team, say bad things about this team, but they've stuck together. And Austin Reeves, I think, is a product of, you know, LeBron's leadership. I don't think people talk about that, but you, you see a lot of what Austin Reeves does and how much LeBron encourages his team, even when he's not on the floor. I think they, they've gotten way too much hate. And I think that LeBron's finally going to have an opportunity now that he's in the playoffs. This is his time. It's like zero, zero. Nothing matters. And you know what playoff LeBron looks like. You know what a healthy AD looks like. And now we've finally seen a supporting cast for the first time this season that makes sense for him. And I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you got to get, you got to keep praise. As much as they never should have been in the situation, the Lakers started the season one and 10. I mean, yeah. Either they, there's good, they're, they're looking really good, likely to get into the playoffs now off of that. Obviously, never should have been in a situation like that. But they've made moves they've had to do. We're hoping that LeBron James comes back healthy. AD is looking at uh, at his best uh, the last the last few games, especially like watching him last night. It was all AD's classic, being efficient from the floor, dominating, uh, dominating the boards. That's a, that's that's AD in a nutshell, and he can do that night in night out. It's huge. They've got Dennis Schroeder is really starting to to play a lot better. He, he's showing his uh, his value to this team. Obviously, you mentioned Reeves. It's other guys. They got a a good group of, of honest players around 
a couple of stars that can uh, turn the tide in a in any sort of playoff situation, which is which is huge. So hopefully, yeah, the Lakers maybe that maybe they can uh, make the Warriors sweat a little bit for that six seed. But as long as they're in the playoffs, I think that's important. I, I, as much as I'm a, a T Wolves guy, I, I, I like T Wolves. I get what you're saying. Still feel like OKC. Maybe it's my heart saying a little bit. I want to see Shea in that playoff situation. Oh, you really switched up. You I really want to see up. Shea in that in that playoff situation and, and just see how how he copes and how the team as a whole just goes out there. They're playing with freedom. They're under no pressure. It's it, it'd be a, be a fun watch, similar to what we saw with the likes of uh, likes of the Pelicans last year. Yeah, yeah. I know. I I agree. And I I wouldn't. And I think that's why like it was such a start. It was, it was really tough. Like we could. We'd have a conversation all day long about all these teams, why they deserve it. And I think it really just came down to the team at the end who who didn't. Um and that's I mean, that's that for the West. I mean, the, the West is gonna be exciting regardless. Who who's gonna if you could pick one one matchup right, right now, um, just sit down and watch and just like really enjoy. Like what what would be the one matchup out of the West that you'd be pumped to see? I mean, I I want to say the Lakers and the Clippers, but now we don't know what the story is of PG, so it's not it's not the not the full complement of it that we really uh, yeah. that we really want. So I guess you you look at it and say, Suns and Memphis, Suns and Grizzlies, could that 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 be a, an interesting watch with with Ja being back, KD being back? Because the Suns and Memphis. Uh, oh, you're, you're uh, talking late, battle. like late later rounds. Oh, we're talking straight up right now. Talking first then, round, yeah. Oh, we're going first round. But then I think Kings and Warriors could be an interesting one. Yeah. Kings and Warriors. I, I obviously it's huge. The Kings are getting back into playoffs. Hasn't been talked about enough. It's been so long. This team like the looked, beam. <laughs> this this team has looked so good this year. They're, they're they could push uh, the Grizzlies in the in the final uh, stages, but they're likely looking like they're going to be the the number three seed. Them against the defending champs, how do they stand up? The Warriors are a team primed to deliver in the playoffs. The Kings are these this team that has come almost out of nowhere, really, uh, to be one of the best teams, one of the best offenses in the league this year. That would be, I think, in terms of the first round, that's a that's a matchup I'm really interested to see. Yeah. My, my hot take on that is I'm just thinking about this. Like, if the Warriors make it, don't make it uh... – as a six seed or fifth seed, if they're in the plan, I think they're losing that. Yeah, I think they're losing that. There, there's some. There, there's just throughout the whole season, there's just been they've they've just not stepped up to the moment in the regular season, and they just keep talking about ramping up, whatever. Like there's this whole, <laughs> I the whole picture of Clay putting up four fingers to the the Grizzlies sticks in my mind for like a really just mediocre season. I think there's there's some there's hungrier teams out there. Dylan Brooks and, uh, has got in the, the Warriors' playing. heads, man. <laughs> Straight up, he's got he's got he's got uh he's got real estate. But the Kings and uh, the Suns uh, that's that's something I'm really looking forward to. Who knows if KD is healthy for that? But that that matchup they split that um, with a healthy CP3, Aiton, and Booker. Those matchups have been down to the wire. I mean the the Kings. They have a formula. I'm a little bit worried about how much they rely on um, scoring the open court and uh, Fox getting downhill and getting early offense. Not sure how much that's going to be able to contribute in the playoff scenario, but I mean they, they've shown plenty with um, their two man game with Sabonis with the the three point shooting, the contributions of their of their rookie, um, their bench scoring as well. Like there, there's just a lot on this team that has gone um unrecognized besides just the fact that oh wow the kings are making the playoff like we're gonna see this team in, in full effect and um the country's gonna see just how good this king's it king's team is and hopefully it's not a it's not a one and done but I, I think they they have they have it in them to to make it out of the first round and if they're making it out of the first round it's gonna have to be through a tough opponent and that's gonna mean a lot. Yeah yeah that that will be huge. I'm still in my head I still think they're it can't come all together. It's the Kings we're talking about here. They're gonna have to look so good in the next season. Then it's gonna be, gonna be a one and done. But I hope, uh, I hope I'm wrong. What about what about out out east? What what's the matchup? I think the main matchup everyone's kind of got their eye on is uh, the four and five seeds at the moment. The Cavaliers and the Knicks. Yeah, the Knicks yeah. were the team that were meant to get Donovan Mitchell. Now he's in yep. Cleveland. I think that's a matchup that uh, everyone is excited to see. Uh, see see go down. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped to see that because obviously everyone's going to be having their eyes on Randall. He dropped 36 points in the last meeting. Mitchell's always loved to play in the garden. He dropped 38 earlier in the season in the garden. Um, and you have a lot of a lot of young guys, too. Like, this is this is a big moment for guys like Mobley, for guys like Garland, um, for guys like Quickly, for guys like R.J. Barrett. And I, and I really... I, I really hope this doesn't turn into a, an RJ isn't stepping up in the moment type thing. Cause I really, I, I really just want to say like how, how rare it is to see guys of that caliber be so okay with their role. And I don't mean that in a passive way. I think he's done it in a professional way where like, he's just doing his best to like help this team. So I don't think it comes down to can RJ emerge as a star to win this thing, but you know, that potential still is there. I mean, I, the, the moments, the moment's going to come when they're going to force someone else besides Randall and Brunson. Let's do it. And, you know, RJ's showing those moments throughout the season. Maybe, maybe this is a time for him to step up. Same thing with quickly. So it'll be fun to not just see like two stars go at it, but there's big X factors and young players on both teams that can really step up in the limelight. And what better place to do that than the garden? Yeah. I mean, I, I, it, it's exciting to see, obviously the last time Knicks were in the playoffs, it was a, it was a disaster against the Hawks. There's a bit of a, there's a bit of a, a narrative though, around, around this, uh, I know, obviously, we had like, uh, Trey Young emerging as the, the villain of the entire NBA in that series uh, with the Knicks, but the whole idea around that the Knicks should have gone and got Donovan Mitchell, it was looking likely that they were the team when they made, were making those moves, at the trading their picks and different things like that. Obviously, it didn't happen. They went and got Brunson instead. They've, they've looked really good this year. They've looked like a better team than the one that than the one that got to the playoffs two years ago. The Cavs are... are making a return to the playoffs. It's going to be their first playoff appearance without LeBron James since what, like 97, 98, something there, uh, something like that. The, the ground is there for Donovan Mitchell to just break into that limelight as a, as a true and superstar because Cleveland loves their sports teams. Every, the, the city of Cleveland's shutting down when the, when the Cavs are going in and in, in playoff mode, he can show that, they have enough. The first step is they're going to get back in the playoffs. That's the first step. Next step is show we can win a playoff series. And then down the line, they can get back to the playoffs year on year on year and that sort of thing. But they've, they've taken the first step of getting back into the playoffs this year. Now it's a question of, can they go and win a playoff series and be that surprise team that no one's going to enjoy facing in the East. Yeah, no one's gonna be surprised. I don't think people will be surprised anymore. I think last year Cavs were surprised. This year we know who the Cavs are. We know how good they can be defensively. And you know, I, I think it is true though that that Mitchell, um, as exciting as he's he's been over the years, hasn't hasn't made it far. And it's it's this it's this classic thing that happens to star players that you if you're not going forward, you're not winning championships. You're not making it out of the East, et cetera, like then that starts to become, um, I, I think in my mind, that, that should be a badge of honor. Like once you become that good of a player that it's like, hey, well, where you haven't made it to the finals. Hey, well, you haven't won a championship yet. Like that's how you know you're in good company when 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 you are a guy that that's the expectation. So I, I think Donovan Mitchell understands it. And I think Cleveland is ready to be that type of team. And I think the Knicks have turned things around in a meaningful way that that's going to be a very tight uh very tight series i'm excited for that um good 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 to hear that it's getting i'm getting excited talking about now playoff basketball yeah that's gonna be amazing almost upon us yeah and i I quickly want to point out that the 76ers and heat if that's if that's that first round matchup and i think that deserves um its own discussion like once we actually know what the matchups are going to be like that could be a nightmare for philly for a lot of reasons We'll, we'll see if harden is is healthy but i'll definitely want to keep an eye on that discuss that at some other point because um looking down the line you know Embiid talking about players with expectations like Embiid has a lot of expectations for a guy who's playing like an MVP again looking healthy enough at least depending on when you ask him I don't know if he's got a foot issue or whatever Harden's struggling with things but he's looking healthy enough the way he's been playing and to face a team like the Heat I think that's that's a recipe for a disaster yeah I think that's a Definitely fair. Uh, at least we're gonna hopefully see a healthy MB go up against the the Heat when he returned. Obviously last year he was he was half uh, he was half broken and they were already uh, in in the middle of the series when he came into to that battle. That obviously went to six games. 
I I I agree. I think it is a, a very large potential banana skin for the 76ers, but I think if uh if they are gonna lose it, I feel like it'll go it'll go the distance. So I think it'll it'll still be a, a, a tight series, but you'd uh you wouldn't be shocked at all to see the 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 heat come out on on the right side of it, which is the uh which is certainly the the worrying thing about it all. Yeah. And uh, as, as usual, typical, we're, we're already going over here, but our, our last two things that we need to talk about, uh, number one, uh, again, dropping phrases on me, a banana scheme. I, I need you to explain to me what a banana scheme is. This is our week. Banana skin, tradition. I said, a banana skin. Banana so skin. A potential to kind of, to fall, to slip up. I slip mean, up. Yeah, <laughs> a banana skin. Okay, up, yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. A banana skin. I got to remember that too. So we got Dame, Dame Squid. I remember my Dame Squid. I got to remember my banana skin. Um, and we got to remember who is the rookie of the year. It, I keep seeing this all the time, and I love my Jalen Williams. I I love that Jaden Hardy is is coming out strong too. Like it's it's fun to see him get some run. But guys, like everyone needs to chill out because ever since like month three of the season, like it's been even month two, maybe uh, month one, game. game one, exactly. <laughs> game like game one. It's, it's very clear that Paolo Bancaro is just like the odd, like he is the rookie of the year. Like there's no discussion to be had about it. Like there's been a ton of exciting players and that's, that's discussion for another day. Cause that's, that's really cool to see like how many guys, like you just go down the line. Bancaro has been the rookie of the year, undoubtedly 20 points a game, seven rebounds, nearly four assists. And his free throw rate is unbelievable as well. Like he really knows how to play the NBA game. He looks like he belongs. Then you go down like there's so many great players and we we don't have to we don't have to get into all of them but there, there's no question that he is that guy he is the guy of this class. Keegan Murray's been cool like not a rookie of the year. Jalen Williams has made massive strides. He looks like probably one of the best two A players out of this better two A player than Keegan Murray. Benedict Matherin fantastic, but no question, no question at all. No, no, that guy, hundred percent, hundred percent. He's like he's looking like he's, like he's playing very near LeBron James rookie rookie of the year yeah. sort of level. He's he's Easy. right up there at it. So I mean, it's it's a uh, it's crazy to call as much as it's been exciting. Like you said, there's been lots of exciting rookies. That's been a great thing about this year. There's been a lot of guys that maybe haven't fully lived up potential. Think of like a Keegan Murray. You thought he might do a bit better. He's he's gotten better as the seasons progressed. A guy like Jalen Williams has come out. You haven't got to see Chet Hungren, obviously, but other guys have been able to step up in that uh, in that space, which obviously has been great to great to see. The likes of Walker Kessler, like uh, like we mentioned earlier earlier in the pod, it's been it's been a really good rookie class. The class of twenty twenty two was uh, looking now like a, a really strong class in their in their first year in the league. But yeah, ain't no doubt about it. Paolo Banquero. Very, very impressive debut year in the NBA and Magic in a, in, a, in a good position with a young team. They can definitely kick on and be definitely in and around that playing mark when we, we look at this next year. that's It's a lot of pressure to put on a young team, a lot of pressure to put on Bancaro, but he can take another, he can even reproduce what he's done this year and, and other guys around him get better. They can get more talent in. They could definitely be a, a playing team next year in the East. Yeah, well, we talked about it at the beginning of this year too, but... um. Yeah, they yeah, haven't, they, I think they, they, they've gone off a little bit on that, but yeah, uh, yeah, I think they trended in the right direction. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, that's definitely the right way to go on it. And just to, to close out on the on the playoff talk, then let's talk about the the contenders. Who do you think are the legitimate contenders? We'll go. Who do you think the legit contenders are? And then we'll we'll, we'll each throw out a, a team that we think could uh, could surprise. Who do you think the legit contenders are for the NBA championship in the NBA at this moment? From the East, it's pretty, it's pretty easy. I, I think the Bucks and Celtics are a clear cut, clear cut above the rest. It's going to come down to those two. Um, they're going to rematch in the Eastern Conference Finals, and with a healthy Chris Middleton, we'll see. Um, but with a revamped Celtics roster, they've they've also got some tricks up their sleeve for this season as well. Um, I mean, the West, the the true contender. That I'm going to let you answer first because that is the, that is the hard question. Um, I I think I think I'll let you go on that one. Yeah, you can let me go on that one if you really want. <laughs> I think yeah, uh, I'll say in the East, obviously Celtics, Bucks, yeah, no brainer is absolutely the one two seed. 
I gotta, I gotta put, I gotta keep Philly in there uh, because I've talked them up so much. I can't just go back on it now. I think Embiid is ready to, to go on a great run this year. He's gonna be healthy. I think you, you said you mentioned earlier. Maybe Harden's health is not the the key for for what the 76ers need. Maybe it's more important that it's just all, all about all about Embiid and and a, and a good team defense uh, around that. So I, I think they're they're still one of the competitors. I, I I've said it before. I think the the winner of the NBA championship this year is going to come from the Eastern Conference. I think it's going to be the Bucks, the Celtics, or the 76ers. Maybe they 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 one of them falls off early, like the you said with the 76ers going up against the Heat. That that could happen. But I think it's looking likely if, if before the Eastern Conference finals, it'd be the Bucks and the 76ers rather than the Celtics and the 76ers. That be would that be right, or would it be the Celtics and the 76ers? Maybe the 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 Bucks got enough to not to do bracket magic, but I, I think it would be it'd be the Celtics, 70s. right? Because they're the second seed, yeah. and the Philly are third seed, so it'd be the Celtics and, and Philly going, yeah, going head to head, right? Yeah, so I, I I think I'd be I'd have more confidence in the in the 76ers being able to beat the Bucks than I would the the Celtics, which is it's interesting. I it's it's like yeah. 76ers could beat the Bucks. Celtics beat the 76ers, and then it's the the toss up. What do we get out of Middleton? What uh, what has changed for the Bucks team that they can get by the uh, by the Celtics this year? But in the in the West, I I really don't know. It, it, it's gonna like obviously the Clippers now have had to were without PG. Uh, can, is Kawhi still at the level where he can carry a team like he did? The, the, the Clippers are still a very good team. They've got a really good team around Kawhi Leonard. Is he still at that level where he can carry that team on his back? Maybe until PG's 13. Maybe uh, maybe it's until PG comes back. Maybe it's until for the for the, their whole playoff run. Who, who knows what way it's going to go with, with, uh, with the injury that, that Paul George uh, sustained. I worry about the Nuggets. I think that as great as Jokic has been when it comes to the moment, then he's got to be that 30 point per game scorer. Can, can he do that? Maybe, maybe not. Can MPJ and Jamal Murray step up in a big way that they're going to need to, to, to kick on. I don't know. I think you, to look at the candidate from there, you got to go, got to go sons with healthy KD. The health mm-hmm. of KD is Wrong the whole, answer. is the whole thing about it. But, I don't know about Memphis. Are, are they gonna be? Are they gonna be back? That's the that's the the main thing. Yeah, I know you believe in your Memphis Grizzlies. It's is it all gonna come together this year after after what's gone on recently? Are they gonna be? Are they gonna be fully healthy, fully ready? I don't. I, I don't really know. I, I I'm thinking KD's coming back. I think they're projecting Wednesday he's gonna be back for for the Sun, so he's healthy come playoff time. I think they're the the major contender to come out of, of the West, but I think the, the East the East are going to do it this year. Yeah, the East is going to do it. And I think the the ironic surprise of the West would be the Nuggets because they're the number one seed, but the number one seed that everyone will say the same thing is like they're concerned if if they got enough. But I I remember what you, Jamal Murray. Utah Mer- Jazz, uh, number one seed. That's, that's the way you kind of look at it, yeah. Yeah, similar. Um, so I, I think they'd be the ironic surprise. Um, but I, I got full confidence in in the Grizzlies and what they've done through um, self-imposed um, issues this season. And to get healthy, I think they're going to be there. And for a seven-game series, every single round, I think the Grizzlies got it. I mean, that the Grizzlies have have shown the most consistent effort and spirit throughout the year. I mean, th- that's what it's going to come down to. Like who's got the most experience and they had the, they were so close. I mean, I think they were there last season. If, if Jaw doesn't go down, Jaw doesn't go down They're they're there in the finals, I think. And if he's healthy this whole postseason, I think they've got enough and I won't pick any team over them. If you match them up, even honestly, even with KD, I'll, I'll take I'll take them over that Suns matchup because I still don't know what that team looks like throughout a whole seven game series with with KD there and he hasn't been able to stay healthy the second half of the the season and to ask him to play full playoff minutes just it's not there yet. I'm I'm taking the Grizzlies. 
Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And then surprise team from my from my either conference. Who who's the team we think most likely that could be could be an Atlanta Hawks, uh, uh, Dallas Mavericks this year? Um, I'm again. I'm, I'm sticking. Oh, we're going back to the East. I'm whatever you whatever you want. I'm sticking. I, I, I'm sticking with the Bulls, man. I'm sticking with the Bulls, man. I I really think that would be talking about biggest surprise, but formula for it to exist. Like I, it's not out of the realm of possibility with what the. Bulls have done inconsistently, especially against good teams this season. If that is put together over seven games, I, I think they're a team that could that could surprise. That that would be the most surprising, and it's the most absurd answer. But like, I, I think there's 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 fundamental reasons why I won't I can't believe in some of the other other teams because of some some roster construction issues. And Bulls have their own for sure. But I think they they have they have what it takes in a playoff scenario potentially to if they make a big upset in the first round, then the the horse is loose. I, I can't come up with cool okay. phrases like you. I don't I don't have any cool phrases. That... <laughs> yeah, you'll get there. You'll get there one day, man. Don't, don't you worry about that. I think uh uh I'll go a bit more realistic. My heart of heart, I obviously you know <laughs> you know I want to say the Lakers can do can can go and make a push now, but I won't I won't believe it until I'm watching it with my own eyes. I think that's the way I'm looking at it with the with the Lakers, even seeing what what uh what level LeBron is at when he when he makes his his return. But I think the more realistic one, I think the, the Cavs are are the one to look at. The Cavs have their defense, they have their their star, they have their their two guy, their 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 place setter in Darius Garland. How does that translate into a playoff situation? I think it could it could it could be a, a really big year for this Cavaliers team. No team in the East. I know we say the Bucks and the Celtics are these two big dogs, but no one will want to face the Cavaliers in a in a seven game series. They will take a lot of pushing to get out. I think we're gonna see the Cavaliers are going down in the playoffs is gonna be in seven games. I hundred percent agree with that. I think that, that's accurate. If if they're if the Cavs are losing like they're they're taking serious to seven, seven games absolutely yeah I think that that that'll do it we'll get more into the playoffs as uh, as we get closer but I think it's something that had to be almost attempted to to round up and review it's it's been such a a crazy period at the moment uh, all the teams that are trying to get in but hey we got we got two weeks left of the regular season then it's time for playoff basketball. But that's going to do it for today's episode. My thanks to Chris for joining me. And thank you all so much for listening. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, wherever you're getting your podcasts, you're on YouTube, you're on Spotify, wherever you may be, make sure to like and subscribe. And want to see our shorts, everything like that, follow us on social media. We are everywhere at Coast to Coast NBA. And remember, most importantly, take every shot and love every moment.